0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Changing Tides podcast. In each episode, we invite guests to have honest conversations about their mental health journeys with the goal of destigmatizing mental health within the Asian American Pacific Islander community. Due to the nature of the podcast, we'll be discussing a variety of mental health topics and possibly triggering experiences. While we and the majority of our guests are not trained professionals, we encourage you to practice self-care while listening and seek professional guidance if you or a loved one is in need of support. With that said, let's start the episode.
1: Hello, my name is Anna Glenn, and I describe my mental health journey as a roller coaster. I guess um, it, there's been a lot of ups and downs, especially throughout my college career. So, um, you know, started out a high, started then went low, then back up high, then low again, and uh, but now we're at a high, so everything's great. <laughs>
0: Hello, welcome back to the CT Podcast. I am back to being the host. I am Matthew Yonamura. and uh, I'm much more comfortable to be the host again, uh, rather than being the interviewee. Thank you to Ty for being a very amazing guest host for last week. Uh, I hope you guys liked the episode. It was cool for me to be able to go back and reflect on my own mental health story so that you guys know me a little bit. And also just, it was a cool exercise for me to do because I haven't really discussed it that much ever since going through it all and doing the yearbook article as I mentioned in the interview but uh, I'm so happy to be here and actually I'm guessing there's going to be quite a few new listeners to the podcast so welcome to all the new listeners and welcome back to uh, our supporters from the previous ones. Uh, I figure we're going to have a few more listens to this one mainly because of our amazing guests that we have today. So i'm going to read off this little resume that i have for this person because uh, they are quite the person and because once you hear it i don't think there's many people that uh, this list of accolades would apply to besides this one person so uh they are a 2018 ncaa team champion they are a 2018 ncaa columbus regional vault co-champion they are a 2019 honorable mention for pac-12 all academic she is the founder of the UCLA Athletics Bruin Brave campaign. And she also just graduated from UCLA in the class of 2020. So with all those accolades, I'm so excited to share the interview that I had with Anna Glenn. So Anna, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Uh, We are connected through a lot of UCLA connections, a lot of uh, UCLA support from Changing Tides. I am actually one of the few that are not UCLA. But it's an honor, regardless, of course. Um, so let's start off with this roller coaster ride., uh, If you could break that down a little bit, tell us about what makes it the roller coaster that it was and uh, where you are now.
1: Yeah, um, I would say my mental health journey kind of started my freshman year of college. And, you know, I was really excited to come into college and start competing for the gymnastics team. And I had just come off of an injury my senior year of high school. Um, I tore my labrum in my right shoulder and then was out for that season. So that was really disappointing for me. Um, So I was really excited to get back into the gym and really prove myself to my coaches, my teammates, and everybody else that was out there supporting me. But then I came in for a preseason training camp and then tore my shoulder again before school even started. So that was really tough for me. And that is kind of what plummeted me into this dark hole that I kind of, you know, dug myself into. Um, And that's where, you know, all the issues started. Um, That's where, you know, I had weight gain issues. Um, I had issues with like self-esteem, like just feeling super depressed about not being able to compete. Um, and so, yeah, that whole transition year was super tough for me. And then, um, luckily through the support with my teammates and my sister and my coaches, um, I was able to finally come out of that after a year. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, went on to win a national championship and have the greatest year of my life. Um, and then, you know, years following that for the past two years, it's just been nagging injuries here and there. And then, you know, the disappointment, not being able to compete again. Um, and then. I finally got my shoulder fixed again for the third time this summer, Um, but, you know, after graduating and everything and then going through this whole issue of COVID and um, having my season cut short uh, right before our senior meet, actually, um, that was also another low point, Um, but then, you know, I'm the type of person that just kind of looks forward to the future so I was kind of you know ready to move on and get my life started and um, start a career and things like that so uh, yeah just like being able to look forward towards all those things kind of helped me you know get out of that you know negative space of you know dealing with you know depression and disappointment and everything related to the sport
0: right so there's so much I want to touch on there you touched on so many things that I really want to dive into um, first thing is I want to say I could relate to exactly what you were going through, but my injuries were for freshman basketball in high school. Okay. So definitely not the same, definitely not the same stakes, <laughs> nothing like that. I only played one year of high school basketball, so I can't relate to the same exact pressure. Uh, I'm sure it's, a, I'm sure it's something that very few people can relate to, which makes your story so unique, but let's kind of bring it back to before we can touch on that let's help get to know you a little bit uh so uh let's kind of start with your childhood and tell the audience a bit about your upbringing and how you found gymnastics as a passion
1: Mm -hmm. um my sister and i we were actually adopted from china when we were a little over a year old, and um, through that experience of being adopted and going through the orphanage and everything like that, my sister and I were both pretty malnourished um, coming in, and um, we also ended up developing rickets when we were babies, so um, we did have a developmental delay. And so when I was brought to the US, my parents recognized that delay and wanted to kind of take that head on. So they enrolled us into gymnastics classes to help us you know build those gross motor skills and that strength that we were lacking. And um, you know we, we started that journey when we were like two years old and obviously not very conscious of the fact that we were doing gymnastics, but then um, through years of continuing it, uh, we ended up really enjoying it. And so that kind of really brought us to where we are today and Um, becoming you know top tier athletes
0: yeah because it's amazing that not only did you guys come through such a tough background and have these developmental um, like delays but to continue to become the athletes that you are both of you together it's unbelievable Um, so how how did you realize that you had a passion or that you were excelling at gymnastics because as you said when you're that young you probably don't even realize it it's it's just fun it's just a sport you do like so how did you find your passion and um what did you realize it was a strength of yours
1: yeah i think we started realizing that gymnastics was something that we were really passionate when we got to the you know the elementary school stage i think mm-hmm. and then um that's you know when you're like writing and doodling and stuff in your notebooks right. and you're like i love gymnastics <laughs> and it's like everything gymnastics right right um so at that point then i really started Um, Having a passion for the sport, and you know, just my entire life was revolving around it. You know, we had practices every afternoon. Um, It would be school then gym, then school then gym, Mm -hmm. and it just you know a never-ending cycle. Um, So really immersing ourselves in that process and um, being a part of that, I think, really made us realize that you know gymnastics is something that we want to continue for a while, and um, that could potentially you know propel us forward into uh, university. But I didn't really have an idea of that until. I really got into the recruiting process back Mm in middle school. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) It it, it was crazy. Um, The the whole recruiting process started early for for gymnasts. Um, And the year that I started recruiting, that's when it especially started getting early. Um, My my dad, you know, he's like super involved with our gymnastics career. And um, he was the one that kind of really set all these spreadsheets out of like top schools, gym programs and combining mm-hmm. them all and everything like that and so when we started the recruiting pro- process um that was after our eighth grade year um and then that summer we went on our first unofficial visit which was just so wild because I was like I just finished middle school haven't even started high school yet right. I hardly know what high school is I barely <laughs> know what college is so I'm like why am I doing this right now <laughs> um so it was super crazy and it really really fast but then um Eventually, school started scouting us, and then I was like, "Okay, I guess we're gonna have to take it from here." <laughs>
0: uh, how important was it that both of you guys got went to school together, both you and your sister? And were there any offers that like only one of one of you got an offer to, or?
1: well yeah um we basically said like any coaches that were trying to recruit us were like we're a package deal like Uh you're either getting both of us or none of us so um that was a huge dealer breaker for us because you know growing up we were super super close we competed with each other we literally did everything together um you know back in our like grade school like we were in the same classes together (laughs) so like almost inseparable um so there's no way we were going to be able to go to different schools together Mm -hmm. uh, or apart from each other so um We really made sure that that was kind of, you know, ingrained in the process. Um, And then there were a couple of offers that they were like unsure of. I think Georgia, they were saving spots for Olympians or, um, you know, elite athletes that um, weren't exactly at the level that we were. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was a little bit of a hesitancy there when we were being recruited by them. But everybody else seemed to take interest in both of us, which was great. And then we only really looked at three major schools when doing recruiting um, based on, you know, athletics and academics um, that the schools offered, um, which was UCLA, Stanford and Georgia. Um, And then after visiting all those schools, um, you know, we ended up picking UCLA, just, you know, a combination of everything. And it just was a perfect fit when we went to visit there. I just felt at home. So Mm -hmm. uh, it ended up working out for the best.
0: (laughs) I'm sure the weather helped maybe a little bit. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Uh, there's, I'm sure there's a million things that we could do to talk about, you know, North Carolina, Charlotte,
1: Charlotte, North Carolina.
0: I'm sure there's many things that we could talk about the differences, but we'll get to that a little bit later. I'm sure. Um, but so get accepted to UCLA. You choose UCLA between the three schools, both you and Grace, you both become two of the stars of the UCLA gymnastics program. I mean, of course there's so many people like it's a great uh gymnastics school so it's gonna be you yeah. among other names <laughs> um but you're also much more than a gymnast uh so you're you pursued a degree in psychology which you just graduated with in 2020 what made you pick that as your major
1: um so it's funny i came in ucla uh declared as premed bio
0: <laughs> oh wow
1: <laughs> which was so hard. My first quarter was the the toughest thing in the entire world. I was taking so many hard classes and I took my first chem class. I took my first LS class and I was like, this is not for me. Uh I was like, I don't have time for all of these prereqs. So like I ended up just, you know, deciding on something that was less of a demand academically, that was easy to balance or easier to balance with gymnastics. Um, And then I just really took a, you know, liking to psychology just because I really was interested in the mind and I really Mm -hmm. liked observing things and behaviors and stuff like that and so I felt like that was a perfect route for me and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to go into long term or what I want to do long term and I kind of still don't know but um, (laughs) I think that you know knowing that psychology is so broad and there's a lot of different options for that um, I think that's what really propelled me into picking that major.
0: Gotcha see I uh, I'm a I'm in my last quarter of school. I am a film, film major. major. And then when I hear uh-huh. about people doing psychology, <laughs> pre-med, bio, whatever it is, like all these crazy majors, like, I just can't believe you went from one science to another science while still doing gymnastics. It's just, yes. <laughs> um. But, so psychology is a hard major, even though you went from one hard major to... Harder to, to another maybe, maybe a little <laughs> bit <laughs> less hard. But while you're being a division one gymnast, that's, that's not the typical college experience that most people have. Um, so how did you find time to balance both of these?
1: Um, you know, it was really hard. Like, I'm not going to lie that that was really tough. Um, but I did find a lot of balance with um, finding friends outside of the athletic community that can really help me with school and um, really prioritizing school over gymnastics, even though obviously both were a major priority. Um, I knew that I'm going here for an education. It's like, this is what's coming first. This is what I'm getting out of this uh, being here and this experience. So I really made sure that, you know, school was something that I really took seriously and that I didn't just lay off. Like if there was practice or something, like I made sure that I got my homework done before that, you know, um, so yeah, just like really sorting out my priorities and a lot of planning, a lot yeah. of organization. Um, that's really, really helped me. And luckily, you know, I'm i a very organized person. I'd like to thank that. Um, so uh, that definitely helped me through, you know, the struggles of balancing the two.
0: So let's just add to your resume. Not only <laughs> did, did you balance, balance psychology, psychology and, and being B- a division one gymnast, at UCLA, uh, nonetheless, But you were the founder of the UCLA Athletics Bruin Brave Campaign. Is that the exact title or did I miss that up at all?
1: Yes, you're great. Cool, (laughs) cool.
0: Um, So how did this come to fruition? What inspired it? And how did you also fit this into your already busy schedule?
1: Yeah, the Bruin Brave Campaign was something that I'm really passionate about. uh, And it kind of came about... (laughs) based off of my personal experiences dealing with mental health and then also just, you know, seeing and observing everybody else in the athletic community and realizing that everybody has like, you know, a ton of different struggles going on. It's all very different. Um, you know, I've seen my teammates struggling. I see people in other sports struggling. And I was like, this is something that we don't really talk about in the athletic community, especially at UCLA. And knowing that it's a D1 school and um, something that like everybody has their eyes on. Um, I wanted to make sure that people really realize that student athletes, you know, go through things that nobody else can really understand and that, you know, it, it's tough and that we have to really, um, make sure people understand that. So, uh, going through this whole process and, um, making sure that people hear other stories and things like that was something that I really wanted to create at UCLA. Um, and so after my, second year I guess um, that or during my second year that was when I really wanted to take foot on this and um, after going through my first year experience I was like you know what like I've come out on top of this and I really realized how important like taking care of my mental health is and starting therapy and uh, talking to teammates talking to coaches and you know just starting conversation about my mental health was really important for my healing process Um, so that's really how it all came about and um you know, it really became a success and people started taking on to it. And um, when we created our PSA video in 2018, uh, that was super powerful and people were so excited about that. Um, And then that just really um, made me so inspired to continue the campaign. And um, we ended up rolling out two games last year um, that were promoting the campaigns so we had the men's volleyball game and we also had the women's gymnastics meet which was like really exciting there was like almost 7000 people at that meet and it just got so much attention i was so excited about it and um people really loved it so i i hope it inspires other people and i hope that it's really doing what i set out for it to do
0: that literally gave me goosebumps to hear that <laughs> you you had 7000 people at this meet and you were able yeah, to use crazy not only were you able to like Show off your talents as a gymnast, but also this passion for mental health that, you know, so many athletes, you know, you hear about all these professional athletes that have been talking about mental health. This is now the third interview in a row for this podcast where you talked about professional athletes and talking about mental health and the stigma around it. But
1: I love
0: it. For these huge, like, whether you are humble about it or you want to brag about it from the mountaintops, (laughs) you are a UCLA, like, student athlete you were a you're you're, like that's huge like you (laughs) feel like like you're on a pedestal for certain people so for you Mm -hmm. to open up and talk about it that's going to be huge Mm -hmm. and then for the seven thousand people there then for social media for everything else it's just like huge kudos to you because you reach so many people and it's going to continue to reach so many people um thank you but with that said you know uh you were realizing this need for your own mental health Um, Mm -hmm. so i'm sure not only did your campaign teach you some different you know techniques but uh how throughout your busy schedule did you find time to maintain strong mental health um through ups and downs of college through just being a normal college student Um, how did you find time and what did you practice
1: yeah um i guess just full transparency like there were times when I didn't really deal with it. And that was really hard. Um, Especially, I think last year was probably among one of the hardest years I've had, um, dealing with injuries and a lot of disappointment and things like that. Um, But, you know, what I found really helpful was, um, for me personally, like I use therapy. Um, And then I saw the same therapist for the past four years and really building that relationship helps me get through all my Ups and downs and then also really confiding in a lot of my friends um, and really being able to talk to them about it or just like have them to lean on whenever I was you know feeling down or anything like that. Um, So really surrounding myself with a group of people that were really supportive and um, knew me well and were able to support me when whenever I needed that help. um, Was something that really got me through all all the craziness.
0: Jumping back to gymnastics, uh, I'm sure some of the mental health like ups and downs that you were talking about had a lot to do with gymnastics. Um, so your freshman year, you did have to miss the season after going undergoing the surgery you had for your torn labrum. Mm-hmm. Um, how did this all affect your mental health? But how did you push through, um, specifically this this moment?
1: Yeah, that was definitely a really hard thing for me to deal with, Um, having, you know, a second shoulder surgery and coming into my freshman year and the transition itself was really tough. So dealing with all of that on top of each other was um, an enormous weight on me. Um, But then, you know, going through that whole process, and (laughs) I've done it before. So like, I understand how it works, but then also having my teammates. um, Luckily, you know, college gymnastics is a little bit different than club gymnastics where everybody is so supportive and it's, you know, everyone's rooting for the same team and everybody's in it together and you're competing for something bigger than yourself. Um, so everybody was so helpful in terms of the whole recovery process and, um, really celebrating those small milestones that I had when, during the recovery process was really essential for me to getting back on my feet. Um, and then also for myself, you know, like really celebrating those milestones again, um, like, you know, being able to raise my arm for the first time uh, after surgery or being able to swing on the bars or whatever it was, um, something super small. Um, it, was, it was definitely, uh, you know, intense and, and it really helped me um, because, you know, there's a lot of stuff that is really, you know, brings you down when it comes to surgery and not being able to compete, but then being able to celebrate small things like that is, you know, what gets you excited again.
0: Can you talk a little bit about that difference between the club? Because I, I, I'm I, not, I was never a gymnast. I have no, yeah. it's not something I was I would ever have been able to do. Right, um, right. What, could you talk a little bit about the difference that you talked about with between club and then college? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, well, club gymnastics is a little bit different than college gymnastics, where it's very, very individualized. Mm-hmm. And um, everybody is just kind of, in their own zone, like nobody's really worrying about anybody else. Um, Obviously like you are on your club team um, and you do compete for like team titles, but like that's not really, like super important to anybody everybody's always like you know worrying about their own scores worrying about their own all-around scores and things like that because that's what really matters to them at that point and that's what really gets you noticed by college recruiters gotcha. um so um, you know being like able to like stay in your own lane is something that you really hone in as a club gymnast and mm-hmm. and then you know coming to college and being able to adjust to like a team atmosphere is very different um but it it is a lot more fun when you're competing as a team so um that's why a lot of people really love college gymnastics and really work towards getting to that point
0: awesome yeah because i'm sure if it was still that same cutthroat mentality of like everyone for themselves i'm sure it would have been a much more difficult process totally (laughs) um But luckily, so I'm going to read off a little bit of this because your persistence definitely paid off. Uh, You came back 2018 as the top scorer on vault every day at the NCAA championships. You scored a career high of a 9.876 as the lead off on vaults at the Masters Classic. And then you made your competitive debut uh i did do my research as we talked yeah, about I could before um <laughs> <laughs> uh, just wanted to make sure that we, you know we were prepared i wasn't asking you about stuff that people already know about
1: yeah um love it.
0: so how did that feel like you're talking about these miles these little milestones of raising your arm but how did it feel to come back and then have this type of season after your sur- rehab of your surgery
1: it it was so overwhelming to be honest like I literally, like, I was just overwhelmed with emotions, especially the first time I competed again. I was Uh like, I I don't know what to do with myself. Like, this is crazy. Like, it's been two years. I don't know how to handle this. Um, But it it was just so amazing just to feel like that, you know, rush of adrenaline again and being able to go out there and really perform and show people that, like, I'm back, you know, like, I'm really, like, thriving now. So, um, it was really, really exciting to be out there on the competition floor again um, and really being able to contribute to the team and especially at nationals, like just being able to be, compete on podium and in front of all these people, especially at the, I think it was the super six at that point. Um, mm. It was it, unreal, like an unreal experience. So I'm really glad I got that opportunity and that um, I was able to recover in time for that, especially winning the national championship.
0: I'm also curious about, again, i feel super low stakes i always yeah. played i played <laughs> basketball for fun but every time i would get hurt i would be kind of hesitant to like i don't know put full weight on the foot that i hurt mm-hmm. so how did you like have the confidence or what helped you gain the confidence to like you know you have to trust your body that you're you're healed that you're ready to go
1: yeah i mean that's that's definitely tough and um there were points especially in the recovery process where i was like mm, i'm not really sure if i can do this right mm-hmm. now but Um, luckily we have a great athletic trainer and that I'm really close with, and she really understands how gymnast bodies work. And she's, she's very trained in, you know, athletics and understanding gymnastics in general. So she was very invested in my recovery process and rehab. And she really knew at what points I needed to start doing what, um, so there was a lot of communication with her and me and my coaches in terms of like how I'm feeling in terms of getting back into doing different things. Um, so with that, communication, that's what kind of built up my confidence to start doing certain skills again. Um So it really depended on how I felt. But sometimes, you know, I just had to like throw myself and just do mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, it's like, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. But you know what, whatever, I've, I've done it before. It's in the bank, like I have that muscle memory. So it's just a matter of trusting my instincts and uh, my muscle memory and being able to do it. And a lot of it was just like really falling back on that, mm-hmm. you know, muscle memory, essentially. Right. So yeah
0: (laughs) so this also just hit me because you know it's you're you're you train you train you train and then you have these moments of like these kind of quick spurts of each performance or each uh round I guess right
1: right um
0: so how like do you have uh, a routine to get yourself into like to calm your nerves like do you have a set routine for each time you're about to you're about to go out there
1: Yeah. Well, for each event, I guess I do a different thing um, before I go up and compete. Um, A lot of it is visualization. Um, We really hone in the aspect of mental training, especially at college level gymnastics, because Mm -hmm. your bodies are so broken down um, that you can't do all the reps that you were able to do back in club gymnastics. So, um, being able to mentally do the reps in your head, was something that really helped us with our consistency. Um, so doing that right before I go up to compete was something that really built my confidence up. And I was like, okay, like, I just nailed that in my head. I can nail it out here in real Mm -hmm. life. Um, and so doing those things and, um, a lot of like timing stuff, um, that I would just kind of like do like as a routine, Um, before I go up, I mean, like some of it's kind of superstition, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's just something that you're so used to doing, um, that it just kind of becomes second nature. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: So jumping ahead. So the next year, 2019, you do earn honorable mention for the PAC 12, all academic honors. You competed, uh, you sat out due to injury. Again, you come back to compete in the NCAA regional semifinals. Everything seems to be going well. Then 2020. Uh that kind of derail, derails things during your senior yeah. year. Uh can you talk about, you know, the having the other injury and then the season cut short all during your season, senior season?
1: Yeah. Um that was all crazy. Um mm-hmm. I, I guess like anyone could explain last year as crazy. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, just like I mean like going through those injuries again was something that was Really tough, And again, a lot of disappointment because I was really hoping that my senior season was going to be something super incredible. Like I had built myself up for these past three years to be, um, you know, this force to reckon with essentially. Um, So I was like super excited. My preseason had gone gone really well, uh, or I guess that summer training was, had gone really well and I was really strong and I felt really confident about my athletic ability at that point. Um, But then, you know, my knee started bothering me, my back started bothering me, my shoulder started bothering me, like everything was just kind of breaking down so I was like, you know, I I don't know if this is going to work out. Um, So it was it was definitely really tough dealing with that. Um, And then again, you know, once season hit, um, you know, every weekend was me like, am I going to be in? Am I going to be out? Mm. Um, So it was a lot of teeter tottering between that and then a lot of communication with my coach um, trying to figure out, like, if I'm ready or not. Um, So that was really, really hard. And that took a huge mental toll on me because I was just like so on edge and there's like so much anxiety leading up to every weekend because it's like I don't know if I'm going to be in I don't know if I'm traveling like a lot of uncertainty and then again with the uncertainty of season ending and everything like that that was just crazy um and luckily like I was kind of on the path of you know looking towards my future and not really like I guess not really dwelling on the fact that like when gymnastics career didn't have that closure that I wanted to um like most of my teammates um so when season ended it was honestly, sort of a relief for me because I was like, well, now I don't have to deal with, you know, all this uncertainty again. Um, so that was a relief in itself. But then at the same time, it was kind of disappointing, not being able to finish out the season and not being able to have our senior competition and everything like that. That was, that was a bummer because season got canceled two days before that meet. So it sucks.
0: <laughs> we so so
1: we're so forward to it. And it was the biggest class I think UCLA has seen in a really long time, if not ever. Um, and we had Olympians, we had elite athletes, like it it was just like an enormous class and everyone was so excited for our senior meet. And we were, I think we were planning on having like an entire senior lineup for that entire meet because we could, um, which no one has ever done before. And then, you know, it was a bummer that didn't work out, but um, yeah, it was crazy.
0: <laughs> That's, yeah that's something for sure um yeah that's so tough but you know despite missing your senior season or it being cut short i should say um when you do reflect on your four years at ucla what do you want your legacy to be
1: i think i want my legacy just to be someone that didn't quit someone that really pushed through and had a lot of resilience going through the past four years you know like it wasn't easy um I didn't get to compete as much as I wanted to. And um, there was a lot of there was a lot of stuff that happened over the past four years. And I, I really wanted to make sure that I just didn't back out. Like, you know, I'm, I'm stronger than that. Like I can do, you know, better than that than just, you know, quitting on my team and everything like that. So um, a, a lot of it was putting other people before myself um, which, you know, was good in a sense, but at the same time, it did come at the expense of my mental health at certain cases. Um, but you know, I just really wanted to, you know, be the best version of myself. So someone that just really puts herself out there and, and tries everything that they can and exhausts all options. And, um, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but you know, that at least you tried your best.
0: Right. I think that's, you know, that does speak volumes because it is, it it translates to more than just athletics. So if that's something that anyone could take away, whether they're studying for a final, whatever it might be, like that does leave a mark on someone to see that from a student athlete. Right, yeah. So now you graduated. We are currently in the post-COVID graduation (laughs) era. Uh, Today is the inauguration day. It's been a, today itself has been a day, this whole, it feels like 2020, (laughs) it's this 2020 like season two. It's just like this whole thing. Um, (laughs) So how has post-graduation treated you in the COVID era?
1: Um, Post-grad has been interesting, to say the least. Um, I at the beginning, I was like looking for jobs and stuff like that. But then I realized, you know, maybe, maybe not now it's not the time for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of took a step back, I went back to school, I did a couple of extension classes with UCLA, um, just to kind of use as like resume builders, or just also just like gaining knowledge in different areas. Um, I took a UX content strategy class. And I also took a Photoshop class because I was looking into digital media. Um, so that was really interesting, and a lot of fun. Um, but now I'm back in the, uh, looking for (laughs) employment, uh, phase of quarantine. And, um, I mean, I do have a couple of interviews I'm looking at actually kind of shifting gears. I'm looking at, um, potentially doing pediatric occupational therapy Mm -hmm. later down the road. So, um, I did do an internship during that whole fall quarter when everything was crazy too, when I was doing injuries and doing the broom brave thing and, um, training and all that craziness. And then, um, i did an internship doing stuff with kids with autism which was super mm. fulfilling and i loved it so i'm trying to continue that on um so looking for jobs in that and then i also took on a role doing um video production assistant um, with the ucla gymnastics team oh, wow. actually so that's been really fun too um and i just recently started that uh so you know just trying to keep myself busy <laughs> um but you know like. I, I do kind of want to stray away a little bit from the sport cause it has been like my whole life, the past, mm. like what, 20 years. Um, so, you know, just like looking to expand myself in other areas and, um, you know, dig deeper into like what other, you know, things I can do out there. So, um, that's been interesting just being able to get to know myself a little bit d- differently, I guess. Um, and just doing different skills and stuff, but it's been a lot of fun. So.
0: That's awesome. And you know, that, that's such a thing. It's, I feel like that's such a difficult transition that you're handling so well is that it is something that's such a huge part of your life
1: but mm-hmm.
0: as you did major in psychology like you you are like you you found a new passion and you're yeah finding a new career path like I think that's awesome that you you seem to be amidst everything going on you're handling it amazingly so that's awesome. I'm trying <laughs> you know what it's I also looked at your your photo your photo website you're doing great oh, stuff thank there, you. too. Uh, so we'll make sure <laughs> to plug that. <laughs> <Okay. Yeah. laughs> so right. moving forward, um, what is your encouragement for people who are struggling to open up to others about their own mental health?
1: Yeah, I I guess I would say that, you know, take it step by step and that everybody's journey is a little bit different. So not being able to compare yourself to others and how they're dealing with certain things and just really... Trying to find it within yourself to figure out what you need, and um, also really having a nice support system that can really help you through anything that you're going through. Um, that's something that, like personally for me, has been really, really beneficial. Um, so you know, just taking it day by day again, um, and it it will be a, a crazy roller coaster like it was for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you know, going through it, riding the wave, and figuring things out is just you know the most you can do. Um, and just, you know, trying to find resources that you think will be helpful for you. And a lot of it is very individualized. So just really making sure that you un- comprehend that and understand that.
0: Right. I think that's something that I always try to preach is that mental health is not a one size fits all. So right. I love what you said about that. Uh, thank you. This wraps up the major, major part of the interview, but okay, now right. <laughs> I want to jump into the little quick fire section um uh, just some quick ones to get to to know you a little bit and to let's and i want to start off with the highly requested ucla questions that uh some of the people on crew wanted me to ask you
1: okay great
0: so what was your favorite ucla dining hall and and your your go-to meal there
1: oh my god okay um Feast okay. <laughs> it was probably my favorite. I mean, it is the Asian dining hall. Um, but I don't know. I, I just really liked, I really liked their chicken. Like the teriyaki chicken was actually really good. And like when it, we put it on a sandwich, like, I don't know. I, I ate it with everything. I ate it with rice. Like that was like a go-to thing for me. Also, like, you know, as an athlete, like I was pretty health conscious so i was like trying to make sure that like i got my proteins in i got oh. my uh, carbon like everything like just making sure that i was having a balanced meal but that really was like a staple food for me at the dining hall because it was good protein and i thought it tasted really good with rice so <laughs> you
0: know i have a i have a really good friend of mine who's still a ucla student and i would get to visit and try the dining hall and yeah wow you it, my, it's oh.
1: unreal it, it's different than and like i don't know any difference so like I just know it's really good but like when people from like other universities come and then just try the food they're like what, what is this like this is amazing like this is like another level <laughs> i'll
0: just share a really quick story just so you know what it was like at my school so okay. <laughs> uh i only lived on <laughs> campus my freshman year so luckily, luckily i didn't have to enjoy this all this the time. time but yeah let's one day it was like spaghetti and meatballs the next day it was like sweet and sour chicken the third day it was sweet and sour pasta.
1: So um, they, they just, just combine
0: <laughs> the two. Um that's so
1: awful. If that's any indication <laughs> to how
0: different it was, uh yeah. there you go. And... <laughs> I
1: mean blessed to be at UCLA with number yeah. one dining hall, honestly. It was great.
0: <laughs> so there's that. But anyway, jumping to the rest of the quick fire. Um what is your go to karaoke song?
1: Oh my God, <laughs> um, I've only done karaoke once actually, which is crazy. Um, but when I was in college, I joined a group called ACA, which is okay. the Associ- Association of Chinese Americans. And I met like some of my best friends there. Um, and I remember <laughs> this one time when we were doing karaoke, it may not be my favorite karaoke song, but it's definitely one that's definitely ingrained in my brain. And it this is like the moment when I met like my, my current roommate or like one that i had like last year and then we just knew that we like clicked because that was when we met each other Mm -hmm. we sang get low i don't remember who who's that by anyway Uh um that was one song that we sang and nobody else was singing it and it was just the two of us and I was like this is so awkward but hilarious at the same time because like this is just like a, an unheard like karaoke song and we're just like blaring it and just like singing to the top of our lungs when everyone else is just sitting there silently. So that was probably one of the craziest weirdest experiences I had in terms of karaoke.
0: <laughs> Match made in heaven though right? Match made Yeah in it was
1: perfect. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, favorite childhood memory or one that sticks out?
1: oh my god gosh um oh my god put on the spot now it's hard to think i know no. I'm sorry <laughs> uh, favorite childhood memory was god now i literally don't know anything from my childhood <laughs> <laughs> we can come back well, to it or
0: we could skip it if you need to
1: okay um, I mean, one thing, it's not really childhood. I guess it's like more like teen stage, okay. but like it's kind of related to gymnastics um, or it is related to gymnastics. Um, winning or like not winning, getting second place at the Nasty Cup was something that mm-hmm. will definitely stand, stand out in terms of, um, you know, my high school days and things like that. Like that was like probably the best thing that happened to me in terms of my gymnastics career before college. Um, And we competed at the Dallas Cowboys Stadium um which was like super random but super cool um yeah. and it was like the best of the best kind of coming together and competing each other with each other um so that was super exciting and then you got like fancy sort of our and warm-ups and everything like that so that was like a really crazy experience for me
0: awesome that's awesome
1: yeah that um, <laughs> childhood though
0: no isn't that weird though because it kind of is like, I, at like this
1: yeah, yeah yeah yeah
0: like, like you're you're looking for like a. Um, I guess
1: you're right. You're
0: looking for a real job now. Like that's kind of your childhood. Like it's crazy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, oh crazy to think about. about. Put it that way.
0: <laughs> Not to give you like a what like a quarter life crisis or anything, but. Yeah, I know, right. <laughs> <laughs> if money weren't a factor, and let's also say, degree wasn't a factor, what would your dream job be?
1: Ah. Oh. You know, like when, when you're a kid, they always ask you what your dream job is. I never really had one. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was a kid, I used to say when I was like really, really little, I was like, I want to grow up and be a duck, (laughs) be like an animal. (laughs) So that was like weird, but I never really had like a job in mind, but I think something that would be super cool would be like, um. I was actually watching old videos when we went back to China. My sister and I and my family, we went back back to China in 2008 to visit for the first time um, since we've been adopted. And we were like watching old videos and we went to like this panda enclosure and it was just like seeing the people work with pandas was like super cute. And I was like, that's something I think would be fun (laughs) at some point just doing for like a temporary amount of time, (laughs) but Uh, fun because you just get to play with pandas all day and feed them. So super cute.
0: Maybe a re- like a retirement gig, you know, you could kind of yeah. just, Maybe. who knows?
1: I don't know. Or, or,
0: or the duck route. I really love we the, duck, the route. duck route.
1: <laughs> I love that one. Yeah. I definitely have it written down in like one of my preschool books that I wrote. I was like, <laughs> I want to be a duck. <laughs> who
0: would, who would have thought that you silly gymnast truly <laughs> wants to be a duck.
1: duck? <laughs> right. I, I mean, that's just reaching high at that
0: point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in a different direction, what are you currently binging on Netflix?
1: Oh my God, I love shows on Netflix. (laughs) Um, Well, I recently just binged Schitt's Creek, um, which I loved, super fun. And I actually did cry in the finale, so um, it was fantastic. Um, And I also just started Criminal Minds recently, which is Mm -hmm. really fun, Um, super interesting. I, I don't know, I like reading about crimes, weird um and i was like looking up like which cases were like or like which episodes were based off of real cases because uh-huh. it just like really fascinates me and like that stuff is really creepy but i love it
0: no not creepy also if you get around to it or you need a new crime show i highly recommend mind hunter on netflix
1: oh my god my dad literally was just telling me about it, it yesterday is, and i heard it was so good it's so good um yeah.
0: but anyway what do you miss most about la
1: Um, well, I am going back in a week, so I do miss it, but I won't miss it for long, but the food Mm. for sure. Um, there's just like endless amounts of food available and especially the Asian food. Fantastic. Like I live like in Brentwood area, so it's like super close to Sautel Mm. and Sautel is like my go-to spot. Like I can get ramen, udon sushi uh boba whatever i want like within like maybe like three mile distance so it's fantastic and i love it yeah uh
0: well even though you're maybe only there for a little bit longer what do you love most about charlotte
1: uh uh, to be honest i think just like being here with my family like it Mm -hmm. is closer to a lot of my extended family too which i don't really talk to very often because we're all kind of in different places and we're all super busy so um yeah that's been hard but like especially I come back for the holidays which is really nice so I do you know like when I'm back in LA like sometimes I do miss that you know feeling of family and you know being together with people especially during the holidays Mm
0: -hmm. it is home you know yeah exactly so. so yeah um if you could invite five people to dinner dead or alive who would they be
1: Mm, interesting um well I guess Michelle Obama I think she's fantastic uh Ellen DeGeneres I really like I think she's hilarious um trying to think who else uh I guess like there's like certain like Asian influencers that I really like following and I can't really pick out a name at this point but like one of those okay um I I just like being around people that like make me laugh. Oh, Dan Levy because he's a freak. I think he's like the coolest person ever. So <laughs> I do want to meet him one day. Okay. Um yeah, and I really can't think of anybody else. Um but I do love celebrities so they're okay. pretty cool. <laughs> for
0: sure. For sure. Um what is a hidden talent of yours?
1: Um hidden talent. I don't really have any hidden talents, but I guess the only thing that I really I guess okay, drawing. I kind of draw okay. sometimes. Um, you know, I really like to delve into my creative side whenever I get a chance to. So I did a lot of sketching back in my college days. Um, so a little bit of sketching and then um, you know, the photography, of course, like that's something that I'm really I really like doing and and apparently now video editing. So very
0: cool, very cool. <laughs> yeah. What do you miss most about pre-COVID life?
1: Uh, Hanging out with my friends whenever I can, obviously. It's tough and there's a lot of things I missed out on, especially during spring quarter. I think I really missed, you know, having the opportunity to, well, I was gonna go to EDC and Mm. I was gonna have um, all these like trips with friends and stuff like that. So not being able to do that was kind of a bummer, but you know, there's always next year, I guess.
0: Hopefully, right? Hopefully. (laughs) Yeah hopefully uh so, okay so let's just to round this all out if you could give advice to yourself five years ago what would it be
1: probably not to take things so seriously um because i was like one of those like hypermaniac kids that would just like oh mm-hmm. like very very prompt very on time like always felt like everything had to be like right on point um which isn't necessarily the case all the time. And like, I just needed to chill, take a chill pill sometimes. Um, and I definitely took a lot of things like way too seriously than I needed mm. to. Um, so just like really enjoying things and just living in the moment, I guess. So Very trying cool. to do that now, but we'll see how that goes.
0: <laughs> hopefully we can do more of that soon. But hopefully we're yeah, living in the moment soon.
1: Exactly.
0: Well, Anna, that pretty much wraps up everything I have for you. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. I'm sure a lot of the UCLA supporters of Changing Tides will love to hear from you. Awesome. Uh,
1: Thank you so much. Of, of course. course. We'll, we'll, make make
0: sure, sure. we'll make sure to plug Bruin, Brave, your photography, your Instagram, your Great. <laughs> your music career, whatever it is that you want to plug, what? we'll make sure <laughs> to do so.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. For
0: Thank you again to Anna Glenn for sharing that story. Uh, It was amazing to get to meet her and to hear her story about gymnastics, about college, about life after college, all important stuff that a lot of us are going through or have gone through or will go through, uh, but I don't think all of us will go through uh, that type of college athletic career, truly one of a kind. But uh, with that said, if you enjoyed this episode, you could go ahead and subscribe to our show for our episodes releasing on every other Tuesday. And give us a rating or review on your favorite podcast platform. If you would like to support our podcast and help us grow, you can do so with a donation to the link at the bottom of the episode description. To hear more about Changing Tides, follow us on Instagram at Tides, or check out our website, thechangingtides.org. Let's continue to change the tides on mental health. We got it. Yeah. <laughs>